The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Why do near-death experiences happen? Why do miracles and other violations of our scientific understanding of the way things are supposed to happen get reported more and more often these days? Is something changing in the world, or is it just that our ability to glimpse the other side is getting stronger? Welcome to IONS NDE Radio, brought to you by the International Association for Near-Death Studies. My name is Lee Whitting, and I'll be your host for this weekly exploration of the near-death experience and related mystical events. If you missed earlier shows, they are archived and available to you free of charge at our website, nderadio.org, and be sure to check out our homepage at iands.org. One of the reasons I was excited to take on this project called NDE Radio was the opportunity to talk to people who have been inspired by their NDEs to do great things with their lives, and I'm delighted to have one such person, PMH Atwater, on the show with me today since her own three NDEs in the 1970s. Her research has been more extensive, her theories more expansive, and her teaching more dedicated than any other experiencer I know. Her most recent books include Near-Death Experience, The Rest of the Story, and Children of the Fifth World. And today we're going to discuss her great source book for anyone wanting to know more about NDEs. It's called The Big Book of Near-Death Experience. PMH, welcome to NDE Radio. Oh, it's so much fun to be here. This is really great. <laughs> Isn't it? It's it's uh, just a wonderful medium for letting people know about the NDE and I mean, related yeah, experiences. I mean, radio. I mean, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought? But, you know, um, equally exciting is the fact that the big, the big book, is now once again available. It was out of print for about a year, and we, and we were able to bring it back uh, by an absolute miracle. It's back now. It's published by Rainbow Ridge um, Publishing Company, and um, I, I, I'm just I'm just so excited. I, I, I'm excited, I, really, because the big book is not it just a source book. It is literally an encyclopedia, and it's the only one that exists on our planet. You know, it gives you the positive, the negative, the debunkers, the researchers. <laughs> it gives you I know. the dogs. Well, I had given away my copy, I think, and uh, to somebody who'd had a, an NDE, and um, they were nice enough at the IONS office to express mail one that I just picked up this morning from the post office. Oh, nice. And I, I was... <laughs> I was just amazed at how um, how comfortable you feel with this book. It's you open it up to any page, and there'll be a little box that'll tell you something really profound, and it says tells it to you so simply and so clearly that you don't feel like your your brain is being uh, over overworked at all. It's just a lovely little book, but it's a big book. Well, yeah. I mean, it really is a big book. It's huge. <laughs> it's it's almost 500 book. pages. Yeah. Well, you know, I wrote it for busy people on the go. Mm. So every single page is almost, um, what, it could almost stand alone. 
and there's a lot of sidebars, there's a lot of drawings, there's a lot of charts, there's a, there's cartoons in that book. And, and I want you to know that uh, almost all of the cartoons were drawn by a Native American. Ah. Oh. And he volunteered to do it. He said he he wanted to be a part of that this book that it meant so much to him mm-hmm. uh, and his culture to uh, bring out something or, or you know be involved in something like this. So he we didn't pay the man a penny. All all those wonderful, cute little cartoons were all drawn by this Native American who wow. volunteered to do that, and I want everybody to know. You know, you could turn right now, if you've got the big book, you could turn to page 149. And right there on the bottom is his work. He calls himself Spirit Painter. He wouldn't even let us use his name. He said, mm. call me Spirit Painter. That's my spiritual name. So, so this book really is filled with just amazing... Um, uh, spirit-led, volunteer-led uh, participants. Now here are the two, the two, the two characters on page one forty-nine. One says, "Let's never quarrel again. We died together, shared a near-death experience together, and returned together." And the other one says, which is the wife, clearly, "Oh yeah, well I wasn't the one who wanted to come back. I wanted to stay, but no, you said we had to come back to these stupid heavy bodies." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's great. This book is filled with these wonderful cartoons. It's, it's I terrific. Just, I just the funny, every, the funny thing. The funny thing is, I had been open to that very page about uh, five seconds <laughs> before you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> Synchronicity. Well, I just want everybody to know about Spirit Painter. He is a Native American. He volunteered to do this. Uh, absolutely no charge. So. Mm. This really is an encyclopedia, but it's filled with a lot of love, and it's filled with a lot of um, people who volunteered to do the drawings and all this kind of thing. We've, we've even got drawings in there from, from a child who mm. had a hellish near-death experience, and he drew the devil. He, he was greeted on the other side by the devil. And hmm. so we talk about this, we give his drawings. I mean, we cover everything in that book that you're not going to find anywhere else, including those stories, uh, facts uh, about a near-death experience that happened in China that led to and was part of the Peking Revolution that killed wow. millions of people Mm-hmm. All because of a near-death experiencer who, I believe, misinterpreted his ex- experience and came back feeling absolutely convinced that that he was Jesus's um, uh, younger brother, and it was mm-hmm. up to him to kill the Manchus. So, I mean, and another story in Africa, not as horrific, but also one of these cautionary tales. Uh, of how near-death experiences, although certainly they can lead to the enlistment of people, can also lead to real strong ego movements, even within religions and political orders that can really, uh, you know, be frightful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's all there. 
Yeah. And yeah. And, and another <laughs> thing, Lee, that I want everybody to know. Um, well, a biggie. Right now, and and maybe you were going to tell people this, but right now you can only get the big book from IANS, the International Association of Near Death Studies, and and myself. Next spring, it comes out commercially. You'll be able to get it anywhere. But, mm-hmm. you know, because of the cost of putting out this book, they had to come out with um, sort of kind of like a limited printing, the first run. And and there's still a lot of copies left, so don't freak out, anybody. Uh, you can get it from IANS. You can get it from me. But next spring, um, anybody can get it anywhere. Good, very good, because we need to get this book out to the to the general public, people who've had NDEs and people who have just read about and want to know more about NDEs should really get this book. It's just amazing that way, and the price on it's only nineteen ninety five. I don't know how they can publish it for that little, because uh, with five hundred pages and it's a large large format too, um, it's that's very uh, very reasonably priced. Yeah, well, I, I think he sort of did it as a favor to me because I kept bugging him. <laughs> you know, we got to get the book out. I, you know, we got to, got to, got to. And I just kept bugging this this publisher, and finally he said, because he wanted another book of mine. He says, "Well, oh, okay, I'll do it for you." I says, "No, we're doing it for Ians." Um, and another thing people need to know about this book: once it's out commercially, and and in fact, sort sort of now. Is is all the royalties of this book go to IN? Yes. So we really want to, you know, bump people so it, up here. It wasn't yeah. just the drawings and the cartoons that were donated. You've donated your your input into this amazing book as well. Yeah, I donated the whole book, gave it to IANS. I just yeah. figured, like, you know, <laughs> this this needs to be always, always, and and because of that, who better to own the book? Right. That, than, an, than an international information center. So I gave it to him. Well, it was extremely generous and highly appreciated. And everyone else is going to benefit from this gift because not only does that help IONS con- continue with their work, but whoever buys this book is going to be amazed and enlightened. Um, you and I both think along the same lines on some things, I think, and one of them is that is if we can get enough people to recognize what's going on um, in in the changes that are going on in the world, that it's going to happen that much faster. And a oh, book yeah. like this, a book like this, really informs and um, maybe even brings people who've had a near-death experience who might not otherwise have talked about it to say, "Oh yeah, that happened to me too," and start telling other people. And that's what has to happen. To make this society progress. Well, and also we we need we we need something foundational out there, mm-hmm. so that we get beyond um, uh, ideas that people might have that might be exaggerated. So we can get beyond um, anything that that the that might discolor or or disfavor this kind of thing. Let's look at at what really happens. Let's look at the facts. So the book also covers uh, the scientific part. It covers the religious part. There's a section in there for medical people, real techniques to help 
them uh, in the hospital, EMT crews, in in the in their you know in their vehicles going out to accident scenes. It's all there, and and, and my hope uh, in writing the book is again so we have foundational facts, so we know what the facts are. And and in a few more years, when INs can afford it, then we can update the book. So we can keep updating it on and on and on. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not my book. It's INs' book. So let's keep updating it, keep it going. Because, hey, I'm 76. So, you know, who knows how much longer I might live, maybe five years, maybe 20, maybe 30. You know, I'll go for 30. <laughs> but, but the book needs to keep going, you see. Yes. And, and we need that foundational knowledge. And, and the book is global. It's not just the United States, it's global. So, you know, we'll know what's happening worldwide. We know what the facts are. And, and, and with these kind of far out cases, then, we can look at the simple cases. The, the more uh, complex cases, and, and we, we can look then at what might lead an individual to um, exaggerate or become overly obsessed with their case. And, mm. and so we can t- take a look at the pros and cons of that and, and um, you know, make that better decisions ourselves. You know, one of the things that bothers me, maybe it does you, uh, maybe not, but it bothers me, is, is that now today we, we've got near-death experiencers pretty much all saying the same thing, that this is what happens to you, I was shown this, it's absolutely true, this is definitely what's going to happen to you when you die, and... Um, you know, I kind of back away from that because it's not true. There yes. are variations and and uh, there are differences. And I think we need to honor all of that. It's like the, the little boy who saw the devil. You know, not everybody has a pleasant experience. That's right. And, and we need to look at the <laughs> whole picture so we understand... Um, we can have better meaning, better understanding of why maybe some of these experiences are unpleasant and why some of them are pleasant. Because, you know, a lot of these heavenly cases come from people who attempt suicide. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there saying, well, suicide experiencers always, you know, experience hell. Well, a few do. But most of them do not. And conversely, some of your most well-known leaders of society who seem to have just absolutely sterling records come back with the most hellish cases. So let's take a look at what, let's take a look at consciousness. Let's take a, a look at what might be going on in that person's life or what might be going on in the way that they tend to interpret their experience. So then we have to stop and look at, well, languaging, cultural constraints. Okay, let's take a look at the broader picture here. 
mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a little kid, for instance, in a Muslim country who has a near-death experience um, becomes a target for death, really, still today. And, and yet, you know, this is, this is fun, Lee. This is so much fun. Uh, <laughs> just a couple of months ago, I had a, a man working on his Ph.D. in Iran in Iran, contact me and find out how to do near-death research in his country. And I'm a woman. You know, here's a full-grown man wanting to do research on the near-death experience in his own country. So, yeah, that's another reason to get the big book out. I know. Wouldn't it be great to have it translated into different languages? Oh, yeah. That can't happen soon enough. Yeah. Especially if we can get it into some of the the Arabic languages. Wouldn't that be great? Oh! Yes. <laughs> I, I think um, it, it's it's so necessary that we change the religion's points of view on, on the near-death experience. Um, in my work as a chaplain, I run into this all the time. People have had these experiences, and they can't, they can't uh, correlate it to what they were taught in Sunday school or or what their pastor has told them. And uh, although I'd say more and more frequently now, they because of what they've heard about in society, generally they, they can accept it. But, you know, a few years ago, there was no accepting these things, and they were quiet about it for years and years and years. Yeah, well, you know, both of us had the privilege and, and the fun of, of attending uh, the big near-death conference that was held uh, really, just a few weeks ago in Crystal City, Arlington, Virginia. Yes, wasn't and, that terrific? Oh, and, and what just fills me with so much joy is the fact that there was a chaplain's there was a chaplain's panel, and I don't. I mean, that's never happened before, before that I know of that we've had a real full fledged chaplain's panel, and you had Catholics and Methodists and Episcopalians and Baptists all sitting down, (laughs) you know, discussing this, and I was just going wild. And what came out of that for me is one of the Catholic deacons who was there, I call him Deacon Bob, he arranged then, after that, for me and Nancy Bush to come up to Connecticut to his neck of the woods, and mm-hmm. have the Catholic fathers and the Catholic deacons um, all get together um, the last weekend of, of of April next year, and he's going to do a big event on the near death experience. And so I would, you know, of course I said I'd come, and 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 so I sent ahead some of these charts because I'm one of these people that. You know, I like saying shortcutted and succinct. And mm-hmm. you can take a lot of this material that people take pages upon pages upon pages to develop. You can you can summarize that in one page in a chart. So you know, quick eyeball. You know, you can pull out that chart and you can get the jam of of what those findings and observations are on just one page. So I, I'm a great person for doing that. I do a lot of charts. And and so I send him a bunch of charts to to consider, mm-hmm. you know, maybe passing out. And and one of them was heaven and hell. 
and and what we find overall when we when we when we talk about heaven and hell and uh what we find from the near death experiencers and so he he wrote me back and he says well <laughs> you know I can hear him swallowing well <laughs> I don't know how the chart on the heaven and hell are going to go over that's contrary to catholic doctrine hmm. and i'm going yeah you know tilt uh but yet this is you know this is the summary of what you find in actual near death research worldwide this mm-hmm. is this is what people are bringing back and so i heard from him again a little while ago and he says you know he says I'm going to distribute it anyway. <laughs> Good Isn't for him. Just, I mean, it's just incredible. Well, there's so much change going on in the Catholic Church right now simply because Pope Francis, our new pope, is yeah. is so wise in, in seeing the um, the necessary changes the church has to go through. So um, as a as a former Catholic, I am I am so delighted to see <laughs> what he has to say on a number of subjects, and, uh, and I'm sure if he can if he can, as they say, pontificate, I don't see why we can't either. <laughs> well, just as a little brief aside here, and I and I and I forget the fellow's name, going way way back to the 1100s and and so forth. Maybe you remember his name, the the this Catholic who. Um, who made this prophecy about uh, Malachi. the church? Yeah, Malachi. And, yeah, so and he, he was. Uh, I, I know him well because he was the bishop of Bangor, which is where my church is, but not uh, Bangor, Maine, but it was Bangor in Wales, I believe. But he, uh, yes, this is supposed to be the last pope. Yeah, this is the last pope. But take a look at what he's doing. He is completely changing. The Catholic Church, little by little by little. So instead of the church dying, um, I think the church is undergoing a near-death experience. In other words, it's coming back stronger and better. It's coming back as the, as the kind of church that it always, I think, was meant to be. Yes, the kind of church that uh, St. Francis recognized and, and that the early Christians in the catacombs were hoping for. Um, the thing about uh, Malachi's prophecy is that it, this could be the last pope simply because this pope will say, I'm no longer what you call a pope, I'm simply the bishop of Rome, and now we can merge with the Eastern Orthodox and with the Anglicans because we're all equal. Isn't that exciting? So the it's Catholic Church itself yeah. is having a near-death experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can learn so much from near-death experiences. I, I, I hope they really are, and I and I hope um, you know Jesus comes and embraces them as He has so many people who've uh, who've had an NDE. Oh well, yeah, that's that's certainly um, true. Um, but I, I I want to enlarge that thinking. Um, to include our the entire globe and all the peoples of the world, and and what near death experiences do, they seem to honor that deep, rich um, wellspring of wisdom that exists within all of us, 
that most of us have forgotten or, or never knew we ever had. And it's, it's that touch into the really depths of ourselves, our soul, and, and our source that which mm-hmm. created us that, that the near-death experience touches and, and, that, and, and literally unveils. And, and that's what kind of surprises people. And also, I think, um, really enlightens and excites people is it, here's something that they never thought of, never dreamed of, and yet they were there. They, uh, through these kinds of experiences, they either get a glimpse of it, they touch on it, or they were actually there and they come back different. And, um, and the big book goes a long way in showing that that difference is, is not just the loss of the fear of death. You become nicer, you become more loving, you become more generous, become more of a humanitarian, you might become a healer. Um, it's far more than that. Um, yes. You know, the physical body changes, the brain changes, brain structure and function, um, the nervous system changes, the electromagnetic field around your body changes. So we're talking about something that really is a transformative experience. And in order for all the people in the world to have a common denominator and a common source, where they can turn to the real facts that underlie this experience, that makes the big book of near-death experiences even more valuable. Right. Well, I've heard you say that uh, some of the characteristic changes are greater empathy and healing and electrical sensitivities and uh, greater creativity, intuition, focus. But um, you've also cited an increased tendency towards self-deception. And right. I think maybe maybe the big book could keep somebody on the straight and narrow as regards that, too. Well, you know, some of these things are really confusing. Mm. And, and if, if, if your doors, so to speak, the doors of perception are suddenly open, open to the other side, anything can get through. And I think it behooves us all than to um, open ourselves to understanding better, whether, whether you're, you're into prayer and meditation or you're in some kind of psychic refinement um, uh, group, uh, whatever helps you to better understand what's happening here so that, um, so that you can have a better handle on it yourself and, and 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 not think well the first person that comes through or the first being that comes through or the first seemingly angel that, uh, that that comes through in your life is that positive is that negative is that in between um, and you know kind of take a little deep breath here and say um, I'm going to say a prayer about this. You know, is this really appropriate for my highest good and the highest good of all concern? And mm-hmm. a lot of that deep breath also, I hope, leads people to read more, uh, to better understand this, to become a part of the IANS, 
they're a really great guide to what is positive, uh, what tends to be maybe a little less than positive, how we can better um, sort of um, weave all of these changes into our life in a more mature and a more healthy and a more practical way because you can. Um, uh, you, you can take all of this and turn it into a very healthy and natural and fulfilling way to live your life. It doesn't have to be frightening and it doesn't have to be silly and it doesn't have to be stupid, you know? <laughs> Well, you know, uh, sadly to say, um, we are out of time, um, already. Uh, but, uh, tell our listeners where they can get the big book and your other writings and, uh, how they can find your website. Well, certainly you can get it from INDS. So it's www.iands.org. You can get it from me, my website. I have an online bookstore. My website is www.pmhatwater.com, all written as one word, lowercase, so that's P is in Paul, M is in Mary, H is in Howard, at and then water.com. You can also sign up for my free monthly newsletter on my website. An issue just went out a couple of days ago. Um, there's an archive on my site. Um, for past issues, there's a past issue about two years ago now that I devoted entirely to electrical sensitivity in storms. So um, anyone who's gone through a transformational experience, you really will want to read about how the difference in your electromagnetic field tends to um, operate during a uh, specifically during a tornado, during earthquakes, and lightning storms, and you really need this information. All right. Well, PMH, thank you so much for spending this time with us on IONS NDE Radio, and I look forward to your coming back uh, just as soon as possible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, and the next time you can tell us about your more recent books as well. Uh in the meantime, folks, uh, I want to thank you all for listening, and please check out the website, iands.org, and be with us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, for more NDE Radio. <laughs>